everyone has some sort of a closet that has become too small. A closet is no place to live, and I want to support as many people as I can in stepping out of that prison into the fullness of life that is waiting for them on the other side of that door. This is Nancy Shadlock from Centered Life Coaching. Join me in listening to these coming out chronicles. Get curious about their stories and then go see what good things are waiting for you on the other side of your closet door. Many people have told me that one of the biggest gifts of this podcast is representation. And it's so true. It's such a gift to be able to hear your own story reflected back to you, maybe with a little different twist, or to see yourself a few years ahead of time, like what what could be possible for you. And today's episode is an example of that for me. It's one of the most powerful examples of like what I hope my future self will be like. And I'm so happy to be able to share with you a mentor and coach that I've worked with. And I remember when I first heard about Darla Ledoux, I was like, what? Because not only is she queer, she's also a, a retreat leader and deeply spiritual. And to find all those in one person and someone that's been doing it for many more years than me and is really successful in it, it was so cool to find her and to be able to start working with her. And I, I know that as you listen today, you'll, you'll understand some of the magic of the insights that she has, the ways that she pushes the envelope in helping people think differently and feel differently and feel out loud rather than just rely on your brain. She's definitely been a catalyst for growth in my life, and I'm so happy to share her with you today. Darla Ledu, it's such a treat to have you on here with me today. Nance, <laughs> good to see you. You've been such an inspiring person in my life, and so I'm, I'm delighted to have you here today. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. First, just tell us a little bit of who you are in the world and what you're up to. I sure will. My name is Darla Ledoux. I am the founder of a company called Sourced, where we're dedicated to working with entrepreneurs to lead their business in alignment with their sourced guidance or to really make their inner knowing be valid, valued, and visible in the way they lead. Um, and I know we'll talk more about that. I'm also an author, as we, we just talked about. I'm just finishing up my second book. My first book's called Retreat and Grow Rich. And this new book is called The Sourced Experience. And it'll be coming out, hopefully, at Thanksgiving. That's the intent. Awesome. Well, I'm going to try and do a little two for one here today because I know I have insider knowledge that you have a really fun coming out story around your sexuality. And then I thought we could go into, yeah, what you're doing with your new brand with Sourced and your coming out story around that. Yeah. So I do have a true coming out story in the, in the truest sense, which is coming out about my sexuality. And What's interesting, Nancy, is it didn't really feel like coming out because I didn't know I was in. So mm. I really 
Um, I was 39 and I had been in business, gosh, about four years, I would say. My business was doing great. I'm working as a coach. I'm helping people align with their truth and their business. And um, I kind of got the nudge to make some changes in my life. I moved, so I didn't know anybody. And I was in a whole new environment. And I, you know, things were just going like swimmingly in so many areas, but I wasn't able to make the area of relationship work. So I was on match.com and I was dating men and I was, you know, going out on these dates and I was really not engaged in the process. Um, pretty much at a point of despair thinking something is up here because I knew at that point I had done enough of my own transformational work that I knew if I wanted something, I, I would create it. And so here I was saying I wanted a relationship, but not creating it. And I had even worked with a relationship coach who at the end of our time, we worked together for six months. She said, I don't think you really want a relationship. Um, when I moved to Denver, I worked with a feng shui specialist to help design my house and my in particular, she has this thing about making your closet available for a partner. <laughs> and her conclusion was also, she didn't tell me this, but she also concluded that I did not want a man moving into my closet. So anyway, fast forward, I'm just kind of going through life, scratching my head, wondering why this isn't working. And all of a sudden things started breaking in my life, like really, really obvious things. Like I would have jewelry break, like I three pieces of jewelry, like I caught my necklace on a corner and one of my earrings just fell one day, just, you know, apart. Um, a light bulb exploded. I, I lost a tooth, my tooth cracked. Um, and then I ran my car into a light pole outside of my driveway, like the same driveway that I always pulled out of. And so I started to realize something was up. So gratefully, I know you and I both host retreats. It's something um, that we both love. And so gratefully, I had a retreat that I was heading to, and I was a coach on the team for one of my mentors. And we're at this retreat, and I'm in this place of knowing a transformation is coming. You know, when you've done this enough, you kind of get that sense, like, this isn't happening for no reason. I'm supposed to pay attention to this. There's something I need to know. So I kind of show up at this retreat and I'm bringing all of my, uh, my life is falling apart literally to this retreat, you know, and I, and I was a coach, so I kept it together, but secretly I set my intention that I was going to get a breakthrough around this. And so I had told my mentor that these things were happening. And he said, and I was like, do you, what does it mean when things are breaking? And he said, um, it has to do with suppressed anger. And I was like, well, what am I angry about? I'm not angry. Um, but I, you know, that was kind of early in the retreat. So I'm sitting there thinking about what am I angry about? Da, da, da. So fast forward the end of the retreat. And we were just having a conversation. We were actually talking about retreats. And I, I was sharing how I wanted to do this retreat in Vietnam. I'd been to Vietnam and it was really a pivotal experience for me. And he asked, what is it about Vietnam? Something about that got his attention. And I said, um, you know, it was just so peaceful there. Everybody was so friendly and non-judgmental. 
That was my experience in Vietnam. Now, whether that's true or not, that was the experience I had when I was there. That's your truth. Exactly. And he immediately, he said, what are you afraid people will judge you for? And I was like, again, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> and um, it was at that point, and we were at a team dinner, a big long table of people, and I was kind of across from him diagonally, but nobody was listening. And he looked at me and he said, you know, ever since I've known you, there's been something. And he waved his hands in front of me, like, you know, like I, the way I interpreted that was a, a barrier or a shield, right? We talk a lot about the energetic barriers we have. He said, there's been something. And he said, you kind of have the energy of someone who's gay and doesn't know it. And I, I'm pretty sure I wrinkled my nose or, you know, cocked my head like, like our dog does when he hears a noise, you know, like, huh? And um, he said, I'm not saying it's that, but it's something like that. So just sit with it. And in my mind, I'm trying to think of anything else it could be but that. And I don't, did you have that experience of trying to talk yourself out of being gay? Mm-hmm, for sure. Yeah. Pray myself out of being gay. <laughs> Yeah, so my mind was racing, trying to figure out anything else it could be, because it can't be that. And gratefully, again, I went from there to this event. And I'm at the event, and I'm just, you know, I'm totally distracted by this bomb that it felt like was just dropped in my world. Um, But I overheard three conversations about people either being in the closet, coming out of the closet, or not knowing they were in the closet in you know succession and i was sitting there like i'm sure turning red in the face thinking oh my god this is for me so i flew home from the event and i said a prayer on the plane and i said if this is a message for me universe i promise i will listen but please make it abundantly clear so i get home i'm unpacking my suitcase i flipped on gray's anatomy And the episode was about a woman who was on her deathbed and she had never come out to her son. Hmm. And I I literally looked up at the ceiling and I was like, seriously? (laughs) And so I decided that was obviously abundantly clear. And within the week I flew to Los Angeles because I was, I I didn't really know what to do, but I had a friend in LA who was a lesbian. So I called her and asked her to help me. And she took me out in West Hollywood so I could give myself an experience and find out if this was really true once and for all. So, and I did it kind of quickly because I, I understand transformation. And it's like, when we get that insight, if we don't take some sort of action to test it out and find out the truth and find out that we won't die, we'll probably revert back. Mm-hmm. And so, and, he, and actually, once I embraced it, I could look back and see a moment in my past where I had done that actually. So I knew I needed to go find out. And, mm-hmm. you know, as the song goes, I kissed a girl and liked it and <laughs> the rest is history. Hmm. But I thought Nancy that I would die to come out. So, you know, obviously this is coming out chronicles. I knew I had built a business at that point on my authenticity on my vulnerability, on sharing my own journeys with transformational work. So I knew I needed to share it. But I was really, really scared because my work was built on truth. And here I was like, not in my truth. 
And I really didn't know. But then once I knew, I was like, well, I w- immediately wanted to make myself wrong. Like, how did you not know that? What, you know, how could you teach mm. this stuff? Obviously, you're not qualified. You just need to quit and get a job. Um, and thankfully, I had mentorship. So I could run these thoughts by someone who said, you know what, you came out to me in five minutes. So I think you're going to be okay. Just do it. Mm -hmm. So I started, you know, writing to my list. I sent it to my friend first to approve my email. I don't know why, because she doesn't even do what I do or understand it. But she said, I don't think you should send that. What if you're wrong? She, you know, she was all in the camp of doubt. But that whole experience really helped me in my business because I realized people will have an opinion about everything. This was my best friend saying, hey, I think you might be wrong. Like you shouldn't say that. Wanting me to stay the same, not wanting me to change, wanting to censor me. And I realized, you know, when I saw that people had opinions about my sexuality Like if I was right or wrong about my sexuality, it was like, gosh, what else do people have opinions about? That's really none of their business. Mm -hmm. And that's really fueled my work since then. Once I got over the terror. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally hear you. It feels like you might die. Yeah. I, I had a similar experience where I had a practice where I listened to people at a soul level and helped them hear from the divine. And it was mostly in a Christian church context. And so I was like, if I come out about this, I'm going to be totally disqualified from my whole practice and no one's ever going to take me seriously again. Exactly. I actually um, have studied a lot of your list of what the steps of transformation are. And in episode 10, I gave a kind of conglomerate of what you've taught me and some of what Richard Rudd talks about from the Gene Keys. Mm. And in there, I was saying how if we don't get the knock of transformation and welcome it in, it'll come around the back door. And I love how it was like back door, side door, <laughs> basement door, like all the doors for you until it finally yeah, it came through. Yeah, let's just and blow some things it. up. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. now you're, you've learned like transformation comes a lot faster to you, does it? Yeah, I would say I've learned to listen. I've also learned to not make it wrong or shameful if I miss a signal, right? Because mm-hmm. we, you know, if we, if something is not a part, an integrated part of our truth, sometimes we just can't see it. And that is part of being human. And, you know, I know as transformational leaders, we think that we should somehow be beyond that. <laughs> and, yeah. but, you know, there's always, learning and growth and depending on what your soul signed up for in this lifetime like that might be the way you learn so yes I think that I see things earlier now and the lessons tend to be less painful but my goal is not to make them less painful necessarily if that makes sense Mm -hmm. like feel all the feelings yeah yeah well and also you know if you're going through life feeling like oh gosh, there might be something out of alignment. There might be something I'm missing. I got to pay really close attention. There's a, like a, um, what's the word? When you're really, you know, a constantly on edge looking around, there's a word that I'm trying to think of, but mm-hmm. it's not- Hyper vigilant. Vigilant, yes. I like <laughs> it starts with a V. Um, 
And that is usually one of the things that people need to transform when, when they come to this work is like this hypervigilance of making sure I don't make a mistake. And so what, what I'm committed to, I'm not perfect at it, but what I'm committed to is being 100% all in on what I see, no believe in any moment, trusting the universe will let me know if I need to learn and integrate something else. Mm -hmm. And it, wow. it's nuanced, right? It's slightly different than I'm going to watch for the signs from the universe because that can be another way we manifest victimhood in our life. Mm -hmm. It's right? a low level energy. Yeah, like until the universe gives to me permission to believe what I believe, I'm going to wait or I'm going to kind of couch it just in case I'm wrong. Mm -hmm. And I, I, I think, you know, with my first coming out, it's like, I went through that and lived, you know, and it was, it was pretty, I was pretty off, you know, <laughs> I was teaching people about truth and I was missing this whole area. I didn't die. I didn't lose business. I didn't, um, nothing bad happened. And it actually emboldened me as a coach because I realized that however together we look or conscious we are, if we have a blind spot, it's a blind spot. And so I don't know if you've ever had these conversations, but I remembered having conversations with clients where I would say, what do you think about this? Right? Like something that I felt I could see, they would say, no, no. Right. And mm -hmm. prior to coming out, I would believe them or at least I might not totally believe them, but I wasn't going to say, well, that's bullshit. Right. You wouldn't push on it. Right. But someone would, if someone had asked me if I was gay, I would have said, yeah, I thought about that. I'd, I'm not. Right. Move on. So I, I knew that like, there's so much more going on here with, in our relationship to truth. Yeah. I've seen you live into that as I've watched you coach other people and how you, you'll push on something harder than I would like, I'm like, oh no, that's going <laughs> to really disrupt them. But then it's like, oh, wow, you really land into this other realm of deeper truth. It's really beautiful. Yeah. And if we can do that without judgment about it, both as a client and as a coach, right? Because as a client, still things will be hidden from my view that I didn't know. Mm -hmm. But that that's the human experience. It's not shameful or wrong. It's like fun mm -hmm. and exciting. Yeah. Like, ooh, what else is there to learn about me? Mm -hmm. Hmm. I, so then <laughs> I see your wheels churning. What's coming up? Yeah. To you? Well, I I want to hear then how it how this most recent coming out story happened. Like I remember you saying something about you had a retreat where you had Liz Gilbert come and you had a download at that retreat. Yeah. Well, there's a few ways to talk about it. Um, so I, you know, I think the recent coming out, if we have to give it a label, is a spiritual coming out, like a different way of doing business. And even though, you know, I've been in business 10 years now, and I would, would have called myself an intuitive business owner from the beginning, not an intuitive, like how I think about being able to communicate with source now, but I felt like I followed my gut. I followed my intuition. I, I, um, was really committed to alignment. In other words, if someone said this is the popular thing to do, I didn't do it if I, if it didn't feel right. So I've always kind of had that piece yet 
there's a way in which my, I, you know, I'm smart. So my brain can come up with good strategies. Right. So it was like, I would get the intuition about something and then my brain would just take over and decide, Oh, this is what that means. And I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And I would have this whole plan, not realizing that I could continue to consult source every step of the way. So this was a few years ago. I was hosting an event and was like, I knew I wanted to do events differently. I had done the traditional events the way I had been taught for a couple of years, and I knew I wanted something different. So I was in this place of experimenting with what that looked like. And I got this intuition to check out what Liz Gilbert was up to. It was just like a flash. And so I went to her website and on her website, she was, and in case anybody doesn't know who Liz Gilbert is, she wrote Eat, Pray, Love, which became a motion picture. Um, and she's written several books and um, she's absolutely fabulous. She's actually one of my, <laughs> my people of like, I would love to guest? be in her, in her sphere. Yeah. Just like connect with her somehow. Yeah. She's awesome. So I went to her website and on her website, it said she was doing a guest teaching at a retreat in Seattle the week after my event, which was happening in Seattle. So I was like, oh my God, it's like meant to be. So I reached out and I negotiated with her agent and got her to come um, do a workshop at my event. So I was super excited and I just, you know, I got the sign to, to check her out. And then I saw that and immediately my brain just went into action. I'm like, okay, well, obviously she has to come to this event. Obviously it's going to be like this. Everybody's going to want to come because Liz Gilbert's coming. It's going to be like the best thing ever. But I didn't check in and say, hey, spirit, is, do you want me to hire her? Like, should she come to the event? Is there some other reason? Da, da, da. I, di I didn't check in. So I can't tell you what the answer would have been. But she... Um, so she came and she was awesome. It was a great day. But what was tricky is the event didn't just automatically sell out just because Liz Gilbert was there. Hmm. And I want everybody to get that because I think there's this thought somehow. I'm sure everybody has some place where they think like for other people, it's easier, mm -hmm. right? Like, well, if I were just this person, then my event would sell out really easily and I wouldn't have to do the work. Mm -hmm. and I was a little more famous. Or a little <laughs> exactly. More if I were just Liz Gilbert, my event would just sell out. Mm -hmm. And the truth is all of, the, all of the principles of marketing and communication and connection and sales, they all still apply. Like just having someone famous doesn't change that. So, mm -hmm. um, it, the, and that's all to say that this event was a real pain in the ass to fill. <laughs> and I ended up having about 50, 55 people at the event and which was not enough to break even on the whole event. And I was, it, it was like three weeks out and I knew like I had filled events before I'd had, you know, a hundred people at my events typically. I knew what it took to fill an event and I knew I could do it. It was like, I could pick up the phone and call. I can hustle. I can do all these things. But is that what my soul really wants me to do? 
So I ended up just going with the 50 whatever people that came and it was an amazing event. It went really, really well, but it wasn't a great event financially. And when I was in that moment of filling this thing and um, at that time, everything I was marketing was about retreats. And this event was not, it was just totally different. Um, it was called Badass Leaders Align. And it was just like a totally different thing. But I hadn't been doing anything to say, I am, you know, I'm a coach about badass leadership. I hadn't been marketing right. that. It was just kind of out of the blue. So I, I sat with myself and I was like, God, if it weren't for this event, everything in my life would be so easy right now. Cause my mm. retreat business, I had a funnel set up. My retreats were filling like with Facebook ads automatically. I didn't even have to have sales calls. My retreats were working, had great clients coming through, but my ego decided we got to do this event and then <laughs> we have to make it extra hard by like adding the expense. Cause I hired Liz. So I added the expense of hiring Liz and thinking it would make it easier, but I think it made it harder. And so Long story mm -hmm. short, in that moment where I said, my, if it weren't for this thing, my life would be so easy right now. I got really, really committed to living sourced and to really tuning in and checking <laughs> and confirming fit and, and really trusting where I was guided rather than allowing my mind and my ego to come in and say, well, you should have a big event. If you don't, you're, you know, you're not successful enough. And um, obviously this means you should hire Liz Gilbert, by the way, in the time between when I hired her and when we had our event was when she came out as being with a woman. And so it was really cool to have that story on, on our stage and everything, but you know, I can't ever go back and know what the, you know, what, how it would have gone the other way, but maybe I was just supposed to be following her story, you know, but my mind was mm -hmm. like, oh, obviously you have to hire her. Mm -hmm. So over the next few years, I really dedicated myself to clearing my connection to source, to being able to really hear clearly, to not let my mind come in and take over and decide what I should do rather than, than allowing my inner knowing really to guide. Um, I just amped up all of my practices around that and have realized how much less I need to work to live sourced, how little we really need to do, like physically actively do to be on target. Like so much of our doing is just habit because our world is busy, but a lot of it is because our ego thinks we should somehow be someone different than we are. Yeah. Someone told me earlier today, the more you slow down, the greater success you will have because the more efficient you'll become. Yeah. You're listening exactly. to that source. Yeah. That's exactly right. Yeah. And it's, it's tough in our world because, you know, I've had people who have come on retreat and felt guilty for just being on retreat, like that they're not, yeah. you know, they're on the brakes, like trying to get things done and, Oh, and I, I remember being that person at some point in my, yeah. well, even for myself, when I came to your retreat, I was like taking a holiday from being a mom and that was a huge gift. But also I had that guilt of like, I should be home. I should be helping. Oh, my, my wife's got all these things to juggle. Right. And like, 
no, like this is a time for me to re- be refreshed and then I can come back in a whole different way. Yeah. Yeah. We need to spend a lot more time doing that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which could be going on retreat or sitting silently with yourself or walking in nature or breathing deeply. Um, you know, there's so many ways, but it can't be another thing that we just add to our to-do list. Like I should do this. Hurry up. <laughs> let me check to. it off so I can get mm-hmm. to the next thing. Yeah. This episode of the Coming Out Chronicles was brought to you by Centered Life Coaching. We help you know yourself, to free yourself, and be yourself, so you can live the fullest expression of who you really are. Stay tuned, there's more to come in this episode. So was there a moment that you decided like, I'm going to drop my old brand, Retreat and Go Rich and really enter into this new brand of Sourced? Yeah. Yeah. So it's interesting. I had, um, I, I would like to say, I wish it were more elegant um, because when I knew, so my old brand was actually Aligned Entrepreneurs. And under the brand of Aligned Entrepreneurs, I developed the program Retreat and Grow Rich, and I wrote the book. And and really working with retreat leaders was an amazing step in my journey to um, loving working with people who are already transformational leaders. So because before that, I worked with any business owner. There's a common language among anyone who gets that nudge to host retreats. They've been through a whole series of different transformations. So I love being able to work with those people. But I was under Aligned Entrepreneurs for many years. And before that, it was Align and Profit. And this idea of alignment, you know, it was new when I started talking about it. And it, it really suited me. But then the, the, you know, kind of like what we're talking about, the more I worked with people on their alignment, the more I realized we have this idea that I'm going to get an alignment and then I'm going to stay there. And it's like a, there's some right way for me to be. And once I get there, then I'm good. And honestly, in the beginning, I thought that I'm like, let me just fix myself, get all my shit together and then I'll be good. And so Mm -hmm. there was a point where the idea of alignment no longer resonated for me. But I didn't know where I was going next, actually. So I killed it before I had the new thing. Mm. I just decided, you know what? I'm no longer aligned entrepreneurs. I kept marketing Retreat and Grow Rich, the programs and all of that, um, and waited for the new thing to come through. So again, on retreat, I did a private retreat, a branding retreat with one of my clients, actually, who's amazing and magical. And it was on that retreat that the name sourced came through and the idea around it came through. And it, it really came through. I was, I was journaling about Retreat and Grow Rich. And Retreat and Grow Rich is a mission. It still exists, by the way, everyone, retreatandgrowrich.com. It's still a program and a book and all of that. Um, but it was really a mission to get more money in the hands of rich leaders, which is right-brained, intuitive, connected, and heart-centered. And I knew that was my mission. So I just was journaling on that. I was on this retreat. I had done a lot of clearing work. Um, 
And I was just journaling on what does it really mean to be rich, right? Brained, intuitive, connected, and heart-centered. And I'm just writing, writing, writing. And that's when the word sourced came through. And I really got that as the next brand to live into. And I sat with it. I hosted a couple retreats called Sourced last year. And I, and I sat with what does this mean? And, and where is this going for almost a year? And then I finally, okay, it's ready to birth. It's ready to birth. And really the um, pandemic lit my fire to get the website up. It was in development for a while and we're kind of, there was really no need to get it up. And then uh, the pandemic hit, people aren't retreating in the same way. And I was like, oh, this sourced message is really important right now. Like how, how do you go through a pandemic without trusting your own connection to source? I have no idea. So right. yeah, in terms of, you know, because this is coming out chronicles in terms of coming out spiritual. I don't think there was a grand coming out, you know, like, like there was with my sexuality. It wasn't like one day, oh, I'm going to start being spiritual. It happened in stages. Like I would start using the word spirit. This was many years ago when I first used the word spirit. I was like, oh my God, I might die. <laughs> Can I say that? You know, when I was, what were you afraid people would think or do? I don't know. I mean, you know, there's the fear that I think the common fear that, that so many of us hold of being uh, woo woo, you know, being dismissed. Mm -hmm. Because my, um, my degree is in engineering. Mm -hmm. um, in my corporate life, like intuition was never a good reason to do something. You had to have data and graphs and charts and studies and all of that, even though they, all the data can be skewed to say whatever you want. Um, intuition wasn't valid. And I actually got feedback at my work to tone down my soft skills. Right? Like, like those will only get you so far here. So mm -hmm. I had all these thought, you know, this baggage running in my mind about what it is to be intuitive and that is not valid you know being good at math and science is valid having your logic all make sense is valid i think i learned that in my household growing up i remember arguing to no end with my mom and you know trying to get the most logical argument and um so yeah i just i we learn and in in this masculine world logic you know reigns but yeah. we you know we keep uh, i'm sure no one listening to this thinks it's new news that we're moving toward more feminine leadership yeah. and intuition really is the way to go it's going to be in the future um but it's scary to be you know talking about it when no one you know is talking about it now it's more right. it's more open and out there but even yeah. so, you know, I wore this, um, I have this outfit on today, which I remember I bought this in, in Mexico and I stared at it for like three days and I was like, I don't know why I need that outfit. Describe it to us for people that can't um, see it. So I have this, um, it's white with purple print and it has like a big elephant on the back, you know, the spiritual mm. elephant. Um, and there's matching like pants. Wow. It's like a flowy vest kind of. Yeah. And, but I stared at it and I thought, where would I ever wear that? Like, what are people going to say if I wear that? So it's like little, little places 
the little coming outs over yeah. and over and over again of like, what is my natural expression? And can I give myself permission to play with it? And one of the reasons I worked with the client I did on my branding is because she is, her brand is called Evolvative, evolvative.com. We, we, we developed that together, but I was just in love with it. Um, because, you know, in our industry too, we hold up this idea that you need a brand and then you need to be consistent all the time with that brand, right? Mm-hmm. Only as humans, we evolve and grow. And so we're never going to be the same person that developed the brand. Right. As soon as you publish it, you're like past it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. we have to give ourselves permission to show up in different ways, even if it doesn't fit who we were yesterday or, or who we thought we should be. And we're mm-hmm. not taught that, right? We're, we're taught the very linear, like you get a brand and then you have your standards and then you always show up as these standards. Um, so all that is to say, I stared at the outfit and I was like, where the hell am I going to wear that? Cause it doesn't really fit my brand. Um, but as you can see, I bought it. So yeah. And, and I've worn it, it today and I've worn it in public too. <laughs> because you've, you've evolved into more of your feminine side. Is that what you would say since that time in Mexico when you first saw that outfit? Oh, well, that could be a whole other <laughs> the masculine <laughs> feminine. We'll get you to come on and talk about that. <laughs> you know, I would say there's an aspect of the feminine for sure that the intuitive, the spiritual, you know, being spiritual can, can go either way, but the intuitive is definitely more of the feminine. Um, for me, I think just where I am in this moment in time when we're speaking is, is embracing both sides. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. you know, it might be, I might be feeling more feminine one day and more masculine another day, or one day I might feel like mixing it up and mm-hmm. giving myself permission because I am, I, you know, I do, I'm an engineer, I am a lesbian, I'm like a business owner, I am um, kind of more, I, I take on more of the masculine roles in our household. Um, so there's a lot of me that's masculine that I really enjoy. So giving myself permission to be both and to use both and Mm -hmm. to really honor both, you know, um, this is just coming through. There's so much, you know, I'm, I'm, I speak about the feminine and bringing more intuition and bringing more feminine leadership. That doesn't mean demonizing the masculine, Mm -hmm. right? So if you have those masculine gifts, it's just putting them in the right order. Yeah. Using the masculine, you, like using your mind to create a brilliant, you know, marketing campaign is great. As long as you're checking, you know, you're asking questions of the intuition and letting that guide. Mm-hmm. I think that's really the goal for all of us is to, to be able to hold those both in balance. Totally. Totally. And, and imagine what masculinity and pat- patriarchy, all that would look like if they could hold it in balance as well. Like so much totally. of our whole world would change if all of us were in balance with that. Exactly. Exactly. And I, I've, I've had the experience where people are advocating for feminine leadership and demonizing the masculine in a way mm-hmm. as opposed yeah. to bringing them together. Yeah. Yeah. And that's not the way forward. And I think people like us in same sex relationships can really help model that. Because I was just we automatically say that. we're out of the stereotype, right? So then yeah. it's like, well, what 
What does it look like? Who, mm-hmm. How do I want to express? It's so fun to have that free flowing, like, what are you best at? Okay, you take these on. What are you best at? You right. take this on. Yeah. I have a little bit of a personal question, do you, if you don't mind. <laughs> I'll let you know if I mind. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know that you and Kimmy both work together a lot. Like you both are mm-hmm. entrepreneurs, but your business coincides a lot and things. And how do you balance that? Like living together, working together, not having codependence, like having a really healthy relationship. What, what would you say is some of the tools for that, for your success? Hmm. I, it, it all comes back to being sourced, honestly. Um, which is a great thing with when the thing you're talking about is actually the thing you believe and live in all the areas. So, mm-hmm. um, you know, during pandemic, obviously, when we moved during pandemic, so we, <laughs> yeah. you know, we're putting our household together, unpacking 24 seven together, you know, not, not going other places. So it's a lot of togetherness. Um, it's really, really important to stop and tune in. And so we have that habit and that language within our relationship to say, are you saying that just because you think it's what I want to hear or did you check in? Mm. Right? Like, what does your soul say about that? Um, What are you feeling called to today? Um, Especially under quarantine, it's like, well, just because you're together doesn't mean you have to be together. Right? So it's like, Mm. oh, I'm feeling really pulled to have some time to myself right now and being okay setting those boundaries. You know, I know at first, because I, you know, Kimmy does primarily event photography, right? So her business kind of stopped. She always referral based, a ton of event photography. She does some headshots and things, but usually people travel to her. So her business just kind of stopped. So I, I was working. But in the back of my mind, I'm thinking I should hurry up and, you know, go, I don't know, do something with her because she's just hanging out, right? Like I should hurry up and do this. Um, and once I remembered, wait, check in. Okay, is what, what do you need today? Do you need, you know, do we need to go on an adventure? Do we need to have alone time and really pause and check in and, and have that conversation? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's great. It's not normal conversation. We think it's no. weird. <laughs> yeah. Um, but really like a, spacious. A coming out example of that similar thing is I will now when I'm, you know, now it's on Zoom, but like leading a retreat, if I'm not sure, like we're at a, at a pause, I'll just stop and go and ask my soul, okay, is it this? Is it this? Is it this? Like which of the three you know, things we could do next, is it? And I'll just stop Mm -hmm. and do that. And um, I remember a client saying, well, what do you do if you're not like, you know, here? Like, you know, do you still do that? And I do now, but that would have been something that would have been too embarrassing before where I would have been like, oh, I have to go home and write that on my list to meditate about. And now I just, I can pause and check in. So Kimmy and I- In front of a room of- of 10 people or something. Yeah. And it was, and I, and when I did it, cause I started, you know, really practicing doing that in my life. And when I did it the first time in front of the room or the first time someone called me out on it, um, I didn't even realize I was doing it. And I was like, mm-hmm. Oh, this is amazing. Because if we all took sovereignty over our decision-making, 
publicly, like we didn't feel like it was embarrassing to not have an answer right now. Mm -hmm. um, it would totally shift. So my doing that gave them permission to do whatever they need to support themselves in being clear. Yeah. And 30% of people don't know in the moment. I happen to be one of the 70% that have a gut response. I know in the moment, but 30% of people don't know. They like literally need to sleep on it or they need to say, I think I'm a yes. Let me get back to you. And we make that this wrong. Like, oh, you're indecisive. You're weak. You're whatever. Yeah. This is human design talk you're bringing up, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And the thing I'm learning too as a generator is like, don't ask three questions. Ask one question. Like, is it break time? Yes or no? <laughs> yeah. And, and then is it? food time. Yes. Exactly. And go through it like that. Exactly. Yeah, so exactly. And it can be super quick. Mm -hmm. So do you have anything else that's brewing as a next stage coming out story that you feel like oh. you would share with us? <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, the only thing that's, that's popping up, I, um, I was thinking about this this morning because we have a quiz and I wanted to share with your listeners about this quiz that we are just launching. Um, so it's at sourcedexperience.com forward slash quiz. I hope that's okay if I share that. Yeah, perfect. perfect. Um, I'll put it in the show notes too. And, you know, it is about your sourced magic and what type of magician are you in the way you work with your clients. And so there's six different archetypes. And um, yeah, it's feeling just really alive and really exciting. I'm not sure exactly where it will lead, but I know, you know, I'll be developing programs to help you nurture and nourish your magic um, and to really have that be a practice because it's not something that, you know, just because you get the insight, right? We get the transformation and we get the new possibility or I call it the sourced energy. Then we have to live it. We have to, you know, nurture that in our life. So that's what I'm most excited about. Hmm. And, um, and the only reason I would, I would call it a coming out is, you know, they're invented, they're downloaded. So um, I'm, I'm making a choice that this download is real and that these are going to be really, really helpful for people. Hmm. And what I'll share with anyone as advice is I tested it now with a, with a group of clients on retreat. So I had them each select from their, you know, their intuition, which one they resonate with. I gave them the quiz. We compared it. We've talked about it. So I know there's value and I know there's some sense of accuracy to it. Um, but like, you know, when you're a thought leader, it's, it's all invented. So it's right. trusting that this is coming through for a reason. But test mm -hmm. it out, test it out on live clients, on retreat, do sample sessions, whatever it is you need to feel comfortable and confident with what's coming through. Mm -hmm. You are a bold woman and I am so grateful for your voice in the world and the ways that you show up and inspire so many of us to really live from our heart and share our gifts with the world. Thank you, Nancy. I'm, I remember when you first said that you got this download to do this work of this podcast and, and that was a coming out. Mm -hmm. So mm -hmm. I'm honored to be here and be featured and just really, really excited about what you're creating. 
Thank you. I'm sure we'll hear from you again someday. Oh, I'd love that. Thanks for listening to the Coming Out Chronicles. If you enjoyed it and you think it would be helpful for someone else, please share it with them. If you'd like to connect with me, reach out on social. I'd love to support you in the next chapter of your coming out story. I can help you know yourself, free yourself, and be yourself. Until next time, this is Nancy Shadlock from Centered Life Coaching.